you're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I am joined here with Chris. Yo. And today's episode is a review for Golden Time. And you've been listening to Golden Time by Yui Horie. Yes. Which Chris likes. I love it. So it's good. So it's all good. And Chris can enjoy listening to that one when, <laughs> when it posts. Uh, but yeah, this is a 24-episode uh, Yeah, we're not actually scene. listening to it right now. No. We'd never do. <laughs> Too much edit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, a 24-episode series that was done by uh, Studio JC Staff. And if you don't know who JC Staff is, they did like Food Wars, Selector Infected Wick Sauce, uh, Little Busters, Hineko, Sakurasau, Toradora, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's based off of a 11-volume light novel, uh, or 11-volume light novel. And uh, interesting enough, it was written by Yuyoko uh, Takamiya, who also wrote the light novel for Toradora. That? Explains a few things. Explains a little bit. Explains a little bit. Um, But yeah, it also has a currently running uh, manga as well. And it was directed by uh, Chiaki Khan, who also directed uh, some episodes of Bleach and Higurashi When They Cry. And uh, will also be directing uh, Sailor Moon Crystal Season 3. Right on. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, this uh, this series follows a boy named Tada Banri. And Tada Banri had a very... uh, bad accident when he was uh what was it, about a year or two ago before this show starts it was a year i think it was a year yes yes <laughs> a year a year before yeah technically because it was a year before uh the show starts uh he had he was on a bridge waiting for somebody and a vehicle drove by and knocked and ran into him and he fell off the side of the bridge and nearly died um but when he woke up he had zero memory of his past self he he has complete amnesia so he's this person that is waking up to a bunch of unfamiliar faces um everybody that's claiming they know him he doesn't know anybody and as a result of this he decides that he is going to leave this unknown area and go make a new life and so he moves to tokyo and he goes to uh study in a a college for uh law and that kind of starts the idea of this guy that he's he's like freshly born to the world starting a new life meeting new people and uh, kind of the people around him involved around him and their whole ordeals. And so the, the quick thing you find out is he quickly meets Mitsuo and Mitsuo is this guy that he just runs into outside while they're going to the uh, interest, uh, interest ceremony and <laughs> suddenly are uh, confronted by a girl who is quite angry at Mitsuo uh, named Kagakoko uh, and she smacks him over the head, uh, smacks Mitsuo over the head with a, a bouquet of flowers and says, congratulations for your one entrance. Of the, one of the best entrance of a character introduction, uh, let me say, one of the best introductions of a character that I've seen in a long time. It absolutely caught my attention. And at the same time, it it just... It was such a beautiful scene, and it was such an attention-grabbing scene. I just loved it. It was great on so many levels. Um, and so early on, you're kind of you're finding out why this Kagakoko lady hates Mitsu so much. You end up finding out that she uh, believes to herself that he they are destined to get married, and he ended up running away from their hometown to go to college there, and she kind of followed him over to there. And she's from a really rich family that owns a, a, a hospital, and... All that kind of stuff involved with that, we'll leave off to the side. Um, and what they kind of you kind of transitioned from there into is you're 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 entering the college with Bonri. Uh, you're getting to know Kaga, Koko, Mitsuo. 
there's a lot of clubs trying to grab for them to join their clubs for this college, and you're meeting all the people that are involved with those clubs. And it ends up turning into a story about this. Like I said, this, this person, Tata Bonri, is essentially trying to make a new life. But the wrench that's kind of quickly thrown into it is that you have this element of uh, Tata Bonri's past self wants to return. His memories want to return so that he can become the person that he once was. So there's this – it's almost like a story of a person with split personalities and they're constantly fighting over who's going to win – are you going to be the new Tata Bonri, or are you going to be? Are you going to revert back to the old Tata Bonri? Are you going to uh, continue to forget what your past self was and your the people that you once knew, or are you going to once again return back and forget anybody that you've met in this new life, kind of thing? And that was really the. I think if I want to go right into the review of this, that was really the element that grabbed me for this show, because early on I hated every. Uh, well, I hated, namely, uh, Kagakoko, and there was a lot of focus on Kagakoko. Even though she's a gorgeous character design, she's a gorgeous character, um, I didn't like her. I didn't like her at all, and she was turning out to be, oh, here is the main heroine character. She's all over the covers, and she's having so much focus. But at the same time, I don't like her. I think that she's a, a total fake character, and I think they were going for that early on, is this character that she's very fake. She has She has this image that she tries to portray. And the entire time, though, I'm going, okay, but I'll stick with it because I'm interested in this whole idea what's going on with Tata uh, Bonri. And I, it helped me through most of it because I think that my biggest issue with the show was that I kept, <laughs> throughout the entire series, I kept bouncing around of who I hated. <laughs> so I, I started out, I hated Kaga uh, Coco, but at some point, right at the end of the first core of the first 12 episodes, I started hating Tana Bonnery and I started liking Kagakoko. But at the same time, I still thought Kagakoko was a very fake character. And then there was this other girl, Linda, who kind of shows up. And I'm kind of interested in her because they kept they kept trying to harp on her. But then that made me hate Tana Bonnery again. <laughs> and so at, the, at some point, I'm like, I have no center point besides the fact that I like Nana and I like Oka. <laughs> so as long as you give me Nana and Oka, who are not on the screen that much... I'm fine, but they're not. So I still have to deal with the fact that I am struggling between liking Tadabanri, Kagakoko, and forcing myself not to like Linda because I know what happens with characters <laughs> like Linda. <laughs> Poor Andrew. <laughs> I was so mixed everywhere. I, I'm, I'm like, I, I because I, I love this show, especially when I finished it the first time I, I have gone through this. This is now my second time watching this. And, I finally get Andrew to sit down because I know he has this thing for childhood friends and this is a show that just reeks of let's beat and and he points out something something about it that I never really it never really dawned on me until he pointed it out because I, I never really thought about it Kakakoko is technically a, a childhood friend <laughs> Yeah, and so I never it thought was, about it. Was, that. It was the my point was it was the epitome of childhood friends don't work because it <laughs> opens up with Kagakoko chasing after her childhood friend Mitsuo, and guess what? It's not going to happen. <laughs> and then and then it introduces Linda, who can technically be a childhood friend, and it's like, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> it never happens. Stop it, kind of thing. But yeah, I'm I'm going through this and and listening to Andrew like how Andrew is. It's funny because I I take this in in a way different way than Andrew does. And be very aware, when I watched this the first time, I despised Kaga Coco. I did not like her. 
Um, and Linda, when Linda is Linda's introduced, I'm not gonna say very quickly, but she is introduced and I latched onto her so hard and I absolutely was enthralled with Linda's story going through the the show. And then at some point, I I have a feeling I know when it was, but it's it's one of those things that I I slowly just warmed up to Kagakoko and Eventually, there was there's one particular scene that I know for a fact that I go I went, yeah, I love Kagakoko, and that was the scene in when which I had. I mean, if anybody looks up my Twitter feed, I know that nobody really gives a crap about my Twitter feed, but because <laughs> you have a weird sign <laughs> name, you need to change your sign name. But at at Be one a point, spirited too. <laughs> yeah, um, at some point, I remember actually tweeting the idea that. Yes, for once I'm actually watching a show with a love triangle in it, and I could go both ways. Either way, I at the end of the show, when Tata chooses, I'm fine with either choice, and I will live with it, and I will be happy with it, because I loved both of these love interests so much. And I want to point out that I think that that is why, in a lot of ways, I think that this show does so well, because... For a and I, I I pointed it out to Andrew is for a love triangle show it ends up kind of playing into a, a a lot of different things like Andrew is saying the childhood friend thing yes a lot of these always bank on the childhood friend as the second love interest and the childhood friend is always the one that's like yeah she'll still be happy because she believes in her. Uh, the main MC Kuhn. She always believes in that person and wants to see him do well. So the childhood friend, yeah, it hurts for a little while, but it's always going to be okay for the childhood friend. But to us, that doesn't work because we want to see, they usually always sell the, the, the childhood friends so hard that in a way it kind of counteracts the idea of, I'm okay with the new the new interesting girl. So it 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 really kind of sucks. And that's what they were kind of doing for quite a while was this idea of it was like when Kaga's on the screen, they're selling Kaga. And then Bonri gets alone with Linda and it's like suddenly now we're selling Linda. And it's like the only reason it was okay with me, and I'm I hate childhood friend uh tropes because like I said, it's always this you know what's gonna happen. But was what was nice about this show is the way that they portrayed it, and I don't think it's too much of a spoiler because you learn pretty much really early on. Linda is the childhood friend of Bonnery, and so the conflict that you have is that you have uh, essentially bon- Tata Bonnery past and Linda as a pairing, and then you have Tata Bonnery future at, and Kaga Coco as the other pairing. So you have this conflict of here's these two possible t- possibilities. But it's not that Tata Bonnery is between the two of them. It's the fact that Tata Bonnery is two people. And it's a struggle of those two people and in which direction he's going to go. And that's what fascinated me about this show. I, 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 didn't, I didn't follow like 98% of the humor. I, it wasn't doing it for me. I didn't follow much of the humor. The only humor I really followed was Nana. I love Nana's humor. I, I love that whole thing. The rest of it, I didn't really follow. There was a couple times with Kaga Coco that I enjoy. It was funny. But... So my main focus was I was enjoying Tata Bonnery past versus Tata Bonnery future, the split personality thing, and having that kind of fall apart towards the end, 
I loved every minute of it. I, I was loving the struggle that he was having, and that was what was driving me. And so it, it took away that focus from me of, oh, which one are they going to choose? I know which one they're going to choose kind of thing. And that's what made it end up working for me and something that made it enjoyable. I, but even with that said, it was that was a struggle to go through that many it, episodes just for that. It, it, it is one of those things. It's like one of the things that I think that really kind of shines in this show is the fact that, n- number one, it, it, it develops both love interests very, very well. And it's one of the better thought out love triangles, which is not something that you, what I was trying to get to with my big old long thing is it actually takes the time to think out this love triangle and gives the love triangle reason for existence. It's not just, you've had this childhood friend, she's never actually confessed, he's never actually confessed, oh, here, enter new interesting character that is going to steal his heart, even though... Now suddenly the the childhood friend is actually growing, show, showing that her intentions for the main character, and so in a way, even though Linda technically doesn't actually act, ever truly show her interest or her intentions, even even with this quote unquote love triangle, which it's kind of hard to say that this is a love triangle. It's because we as the viewer kind of make it into a love triangle. Yeah. It, and that was what I was getting in the early parts. It was like, I'm okay with this because I don't think Linda really likes Tata Bonri. And that was what was allowing me to continue on. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you kind of make it into a love triangle because of the circumstances revolving around Tata Bonri. Because of who he is, what it is behind his his um, his having his past self and his current self, you by default make it into a love a love triangle. It's not actually a love triangle. Um, even when the final kind of nails in the coffin towards the end, that's when you actually start seeing this kind of love triangle kind of appear out of nowhere. Even though you know technically it's not going to happen either way, um, you still are projecting your desire to have this whatever outcome you want out of it. That's you that is projecting that. It's not actually the story I don't think ever actually portrays it in any other way other than what they're doing. So I think that needs to be said. I think the other thing that was kind of pushing me, the idea of accepting, like, oh, there's Linda. Okay, good. Let's go for Linda, was the fact that I hated Kagabanri for such a long time. And I, and the problem that I had with her is, like, early on, she just seemed so fake. And she was constantly chasing after this Mitsuo guy. And all that she would talk about is Mitsuo. And even at the, the time where it kind of shifts back to Tadabanri, it was like I still felt that she was fake. And I hated her when she was around other people. When she was in groups... She was a bully, and I, I hated how she treated Oka, and so that was my, my huge desire was like, no, just let Koko go, uh, go and go to Linda, because this is annoying the heck out of me. And even when the, it kind of changes to where I started liking her and I started hating Tata Banri, I still wasn't sure about her because she still had that stigma on her of being fake. And I wasn't, I, I even made my notes, I was like, I don't know if, if they're ever going to address why she seems so fake. And I think it was one of those things where you just kind of have to accept it because that is what she was and she is changing. It's not that they're going to come out and say, oh, look, I'm Kagakoko. 
I'm a jerk and I'm fake, but now I'm not going to be fake. And I like that they did that and they didn't spell it out for me. If that makes sense. I think that in 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 a in a few situations she was confronted. I mean, I I liked that Tata just flat out, you know, confronted her in a couple of situations and and just pretty much shut her down and said, "Look, you've got to change your ways. You cannot be this way." Which was it, it blew was, me away. That was, some that of those was frustrating with the earlier ones where he didn't. <laughs> like I said, that whole scene, the one of the earlier scenes with uh, Kaga Koko and, and Oka, it was like, did that just well, really no, no, happen? Not, not, not and, that, they, not, and they just and they just shrugged it off. I'm like, what are you doing? That should be addressed. No, and and, and that's when Mitsuha actually jumped in on that one. But that yeah. was still while they were in the infancy of the show. Yeah. Um. My one of the scenes that I particularly liked was the fact that. He, she kept going on and on and about uh, uh, Mitsuo and and Tato was like, y- y- you know what? Uh, I'm done with this. Y- y- you can't get past this this thing with Mitsuo. I, I don't want to be with you. And uh, I was like, wow. Y- yes, thank you. <laughs> Slap her face. Get her to realize she is not progressing as a person. And that is one of the things that I do love about this show is every character in this show feels like they are definitely on some form of progression, even though the, the not so um, main characters, not all of them, because I, I can say TD Kun is in a way he's not really changing. So underrepresented and such a great, <laughs> such a, like the winner of the story really. Right. But yeah, I, that was one of the upsets that I had. The series was whenever they would focus on certain side characters, namely Mitsuo. I liked that there was a, a huge change towards the end, but I I didn't care about his relationship building. There was a there was a few characters in the shows where it was like, okay, we're gonna follow these two people, and it's like, I really don't care. I, I and that's kind of my issue that I had with most of the story was that it just felt like it was dragged out. The only thing that helped me appreciate it, even though it was dragged out, was the fact that it gave me so much time to get used to the characters. There was so much time to develop them slowly and not quickly and not, uh, you know, chaotically. And so I appreciate that and I allowed it. But at the same time, I still acknowledge the fact that it just felt like it was just too long. And and then to have, of course, we I was going to eventually get into it. And the ending that it had, <laughs> I'll just come out and say it. The ending sucked. I, 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 I'm okay with the conclusion. I hated how they portrayed it. Like it, what the when it happened, I the that final moment that anybody that watched it knows that final scene, it, it put a huge nasty taste in my mouth. I did not like how it ended, and it's not for reason that other people say. I know that there's a, a, a group of people that said it's this thing, but it's not that thing. It's just the occurrence that happened annoyed me, and i i just I just kind of shrug it off and just continue with my life and just ignore that it happened, and I'll be fine with it, but like I said, I was fine with the conclusion of it. I was fine with everything that kind of happened. It's just the act of which it portrayed it left a bad taste in my mouth, so that's really all I can say about it yeah i'm I've always been mixed on the way that the ending is i i know I think that we discussed it, and my my reasonings for not liking it differ from Andrew, but in different ways, but yet we still come to the same conclusion. It, I, I don't like what it was actually doing in that situation. And it left a huge question in my mind and it unsettled my final 
enjoyment of the the ending. It's not that I like I said I was fine with either decision. Um, yet that one little last tidbit that kind of threw a like Andrew is saying a wrench in the entire situation kind of made it to where I. I ha- I was unsettled with the ending. It's not that I didn't like the ending. It's just that it unsettled me, and I so I come away not as satisfied as I could have. Uh, well, to to avoid continuing on to dance around spoilers, um, I guess we can do a spoilers discussion. There's a couple things I want to kind of hit, so uh, we'll do a spoiler segment of it. Overall, I I'm happy I watched it. Um, I I've been wanting to watch it for a long time. Um, I really, really, really like the whole split personality thing that happens with Tata Bonri. That really was a very interesting way to handle the, the like Chris said, the the love triangle aspect. Um, I liked a lot of the characters. I the humor didn't do it for me ninety eight percent of the time. Didn't really connect with me at all. So it it kind of caused the show to drag out for me. Um, but in the end, Nana made it all better. So I'm I'm okay with it. So. <laughs> Just makes us want to watch Nana the the series more now. So. Yeah, I generally I generally loved the humor. I I got a kick out of Tata coming out and 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 uh, pretending to be uh, uh, a little bit flamboyant for a moment. And it was it was one of those scenes that just kind of stood out in my mind. I I got a kick out of just so many little things, especially uh, Kaga's breakdown, uh, Coco's breakdown when she was trying to be affectionate <laughs> and yeah. she wasn't as affectionate and it was just an adorable scene there's so many things also, that for for me the humor just really well worked. another thing i also want to point out before i forget is i also want to praise this show for being mature it yes. is it is a story about college students you get a lot of stories about students in like middle school and high school but you never get really many anime where they're in college. They're they're adults technically. They they deal with thinking about adult things. Um, they they're they're driving cars. They're they're thinking about their future. They're studying for their future. They're they're getting jobs. I mean, they're these are adults, and I think that that is something that you just don't see even, often. Even 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 when sometimes you do get these kids that are in college, they are still actually it it looks like they're still in high school. Yeah, you, and this one actually feels thoughts. like they are in college. <laughs> yeah, so they're actually thinking about you know marriage. They're thinking about their future. They're thinking about you know having children. I mean that that kind of stuff is just something that is really really cool to actually have in a show and. So I just want to I want to say that I, I appreciate that was one of the other things that I really appreciated about this show. So, um, but yeah, I, I overall I think it's it's a good show. Uh, I I enjoyed watching it. I like I said I just felt it dragged out. It looks really good. Um, I think JC staff did a, a, an excellent job putting it together, and it had a lot of really emotional points in it that I think are things that you just don't see often in shows. Being the fact that it's it's got a more mature uh, cast in it, so. A lot of really good emotional moments and breakdown moments. I I love the whole breakdown moments later on in the show. So definitely, if you, if any of that sounds interesting to you, definitely go check it out. But uh, I guess we'll leave it at that. If you're if you're good, I I I would just be compounding what you said because I I'm just gush. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you want to, uh, uh, Chris did a, a review of it back when it aired. Uh, we watched the Blu-ray of it, so um, definitely go check that out if you if you want. The link will still be on the the review segment if you go to reviews and click on g for golden time 
you'll find the first review and the second review. So check that out if you want to. Uh, but yeah, if you want to uh, stick with us as we go into the spoiler segment, I'm just really going to hit a couple points that I really like that I want to talk about that we can't really talk about in the non-spoiler area. Um, but we're closing with uh, sweet, sweet, and sweet Cherry. Yeah, Sweet and Sweet <laughs> Cherry by Yui Horie. And enjoy that, and we'll be right back. We are back, and uh, yeah, I I think I want to hit all my favorite moments. I guess throw them in there. I love the Exorcisto. Yes, the Exorcist <laughs> was awesome. It was actually kind of funny because at some point you had mentioned something, and I had said uh, you had said you really like Nana, and I said, but you haven't even gotten to the best Nana part, and that yet. wasn't even the Nana part. That was a Kagakoko being completely <laughs> yes, nuts, but it was involving Nana, so. <laughs> It was like one of those moments of like, what are you, what are you doing, Kagakoko? Because I've never seen her act like this. She's always been, I am this pretty beautiful girl and everybody's going to love me kind of thing. And then out of nowhere, she's sniffing his stuff and then going crazy. And then for some reason, she goes, exorcist I'm like, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> it's one of those things that I had associated with Nana and I kind of thought it was Nana that had done it. But apparently it was Kaga, so... Uh, so it was kind of one of those things that got kind of rattled up in my brain. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> that I... I love it later on. It comes back and says, uh, uh, Nana says something about you doing an exorcisto or something like that. And she's like, uh, uh, d- nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, no, we said, uh, Nana had mentioned it. And she's like, well, what'd she do? Like, spin her head around? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. That was that was just nuts. I also really thought, both funny and cute, but I like the whole thing with the yes and no signs. I thought that was a really cool way of doing that scene where you have that first breakdown between them. It was the scene where, where Tata Bonnery was basically telling right. her, I can't be with you anymore kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You, you, you need to accept me or and leave Mitsuo alone or we it's, can't be friends. It's an example of how this show really does its tender moments. I absolutely adore that that and the i think that it does really well at explosive emotion it, it was a mixture of both those things yeah. that's what that's what was made the scene so great because it was him being frustrated with her like i cannot be just your friend right and so that we're done kind of thing and she's just kind of there 
she has no words, so she's just using the signs, and it's like, you're being cute, and he's being very frustrated, and there's so much emotion happening right now. This is so great. Linda's breakdown moment was another one of those scenes that just stood out so much in my mind. It was like, I don't know how to move on with my life because... I wanted to do this, and I couldn't. I'm, I'm getting chills right now that's just that, thinking about it. That's I what love frustrated that me the scene. most about that. That's where it kind of digged up that whole love triangle thing again. I'm like, no, Linda's doing this now. <laughs> and it compounded after that because it was like, and this gets more into the, 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 the final ending part. So hopefully nobody's listening to this that doesn't want spoilers. But what broke my heart so much about the ending segments was that you had Tata Bonnery like breaking and breaking and breaking. And who was the one that didn't leave him? Kagakoko technically left him. And yes, there's reason why she's claimed, or in her mindset that she's leaving him, whether I think is the whole idea of that she doesn't want to well, hurt him. But yeah. there was also the element that she's never established that. There's also still the element of she doesn't want to get hurt. And you have the entire time, Linda is the one that's there holding him up. He falls, she lifts him up. He falls. She lifts him up. And yet at the end, she's still there. And I, I, I joked about it in my notes. She's like the janitor, not the bride. And it's like, that's so screwed up that she's the one cleaning it up, but she's not the one that wins in the end. Yeah. And and, and, and there there was a scene even during that, that, that time frame, which was just this beautiful scene of showing Yana and her, you know, she's absolutely breaking down because... It was the first time they had shown it, but they hadn't shown it to this level of Tata flat out didn't know who she was. And it hurt her in such a deep level. And I thought that scene was beautiful. I loved it. Um, I I also wanted to bring up the 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 the, the kind of I, I know you have it in your notes, but the kind of the the. "Quote unquote lovemaking scene." <laughs> yes, the most broken lovemaking scene. Adorable, and that was that. That was that mature element of the show that I liked the most. It was like here are two characters who are essentially wanting to make love, and it's like, and it just goes completely broken because you're on anime, you can't do that. <laughs> you're <laughs> on <a> hentai, <laughs> and it. But it was it showed that was absolutely the scene that I was the final. You know, I I love. Co- kaga right now it, it the, like i said i had been warming up to her but that that particular scene was the scene that finally sold me completely on kaga koko before then it was still this kind of i'm i'm still leaning towards linda i'm still leaning towards linda but that scene was just it it was beautiful i loved it 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 hit so many marks for me the awkward humor the 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 gentle love the 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 uh the warm uh just it was a perfect scene i absolutely loved it i'll have to i have to throw in here also before i forget did not care for the tea club every time they showed up <laughs> like oh gosh the tea. and that was in my notes over and over again the tea club again oh here we go the tea club again <laughs> the tea club is this weird thing that i I love it for what it is, and I absolutely hate it for what it is, but it's just, it was, it's one of those things that it just, it was a great humor for that, the first few scenes selling this show to me. I thought that the Tea Club was necessary, and I did like the fact that it very much chilled out later. It it was, 
those two scenes, and Andrew even asked me later, is there any more of the tea club? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to shut off, Chris. Is there any more tea club scenes? Uh, but was I the only one that knew immediately that there was a cult? <laughs> like, everybody wearing these same things. They're all in white clothes. No, they drive up. I absolutely knew it was a cult as well. I don't know what it was about it. It just came off. The van's pulling up with a bunch of white clothed people <laughs> with all the stars on their necklaces was a pretty big giveaway. I'm like, uh, don't get in that van. What do you don't get in that van, you idiots? I have to ask you, um, what did you think about the beach the, the beach, beach episode. Cute. The beach was cute. I liked the beach it. episode. This one of the things about this show that absolutely. And again, another adult thing with adult <laughs> humor in there. The idea he's running out there in the speedo, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, he doesn't have a strap on." In this. <laughs> well, I was actually going on the more the, the lines of absolutely ruined. This beach scene was ruined from the get go. They couldn't get get together the the everything was working against them to not make it to the the beach finally when they get to the beach it was rained out <laughs> but it was cute because he just still made it into something yeah they it made was... it into something and i but see i want i i think that it's one of those things that anybody who actually gets that far into the show will always appreciate it because you get so inundated by beach scenes it, it's almost like it's a mandatory thing to have in an anime. I I don't care about it. I'm I'm fine with fan service and all that crap. But when it comes down to it, one of the things that does shine about this show is that it took the quote unquote beach scene and made it its own. It didn't. It yes, they had bathing suits. Yes, they had an a, an episode where they were talking about in a very adult way. Although there was kind of that cheesy you know make it more fluffy but it was still more an adult thing of i we're going to ch- choose our outfits so that you don't match me <laughs> yeah no that was just an excuse you know that <laughs> uh, that was one of those things that the throughout the entire series it was like the okamura okamura is brought up and i immediately am going no, it was it was the moment that uh uh Mitsuo had confessed to Oka at the party and she just turned around and says are you you're you're being silly or whatever you're, you're you're being dumb or something like that i was like oh my gosh she's a tragic girlfriend isn't she and then she keeps bringing up the okamura and i'm like <laughs> she's gonna die isn't she she's eventually going to die and all i can think of was this one image in my head of a hospital that you when you were watching originally i just seen a scene of a hospital roof and it probably was the the time where bonry was there but i didn't know so i'm like She's going to be, this is going to be like the very last episode. She's going to be dying and she's going to wake up everybody. And it never happens. And I'm like, wait, you were, and then she shows up with her hair short and she's claiming that she just wanted to cut. I'm like, she's dying. She's totally dying. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of funny because when Andrew was t- telling me about that, I was, I, I, I actually pointed out what I thought was kind of funny was at some point I, very early in the show, I really had the strong urge to say, Keep an eye on that camera. That camera is important. It is. And the entire time he's saying that, I'm saying, yeah, because it's filming her dying and <laughs> she's trying to keep all of her memories. It, it was one of those things that I, re- it, the camera is, is one of those things that kind of c- can, it can kind of become kind of stuck in this weird realm of what is that? What is the term for those, those items that don't really seem like they're important but in actuality they are important in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. because it is kind of the key to 
showing uh, Linda and, and Kagakoko uh, the other side of Tadabanari. And it's important in that, that respect. Yet at the same time, it is an insignificant piece of equipment that is just shown through the entire show. Yeah. My only other notes that I don't think I've covered is uh, 2D Kun wins the end because he was the one that actually made Kagakoko actually go after him, which is another reason why I'm troubled by the idea of Kagakoko winning, quote unquote. Uh, but the ending, we never ever just actually talked about the end. The reason why Andrew did not like the ending was I was fine with, okay, he's rushing off to the bridge to see her. And then, yes, I know a lot of people hated Ghost Bonnery, but again, I am on. I'm okay with Ghost Bonnery on the idea that there is, it's a split personality thing. It was really when Linda runs up on that bridge and hugs him, I was like, you just broke it. Like, here, it was a gut punch to me. Like, not so much that I was like, well, darn it, Linda should have won. It was more of a, first of all, she's running up on this bridge and hugging a ghost and saying yes, and then turning around and saying, you can go. Two, if bon- t- Ghost Bonnery was the entire time trying to take control because he wanted to be with Linda, why would her saying yes, the answer is yes, make him want to walk away? He would want to take control at that point. But it was just everything compounded in that scene was a, okay, finally Linda says that she wants to be with him. She's hugging a ghost. The ghost walks away. And then, okay, Kaga Coco, you win. It was just, I almost was like for a minute they're also hoping, okay, what if suddenly he just turns around and says, I want to be with Linda while Kagakoko's on that bridge? It would have been such a such a screwed up and controversial suddenly ending Ghost ever. Bonnery and Bonnery start going just going duking to town it out. each other. <laughs> <laughs> He's in there just fighting it's, with himself on the bridge and strangling himself and everybody's like, What's wrong with you? And they just they just like inject him with some sleeping pills and then take him into the Don't the worry, don't again. worry, we can both be your concubine. Just drop him Best down. Best win ever. Ultimate win is harem end at add nana in there and oka yeah and then we can have a harem end i i'm on board totally on board no it that scene it 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 affected me slightly different although my my in my problem is the similar to andrew in the respect of yes what it did was kind of it was a moving on of the ghost bonnery to his heaven or whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, it was a fulfilling of it. And yet at the same time, it was one of those things that it really broke a lot of it and it it made me unsettled because I wanted an ending that was satisfactory and this kind of, the scene being played out the way it was, was not satisfactory. If if it was just Bonnery running to Kagakoko, uh, Linda throws the the shoes. The the significance there would mean she's accepting Kag- him and Kagakoko, and that's it. There's no more for her. She has let that go in her life. But at the end, with him being there, it kind of broke that in a way because you still look at the aspect of her wanting him and while yes it was necessary to make ghost bonnery move on with his his past after life it wasn't good in the respect of it didn't give closure to the story itself it opened up a wound that didn't need to be open that's why i say it set unsettled me it's just I didn't like the way that concluded as it was a, it was a bitter aspect. it was a bitter taste it was at the a, end there. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, there's, there's really no way around that. Like, like I, I ended up tweeting right afterwards. I said, yeah, that ain't, cause I kept hearing, like, again, I heard a lot of people talk about the ending was, was, was uh, annoying. And it was funny cause I seen, uh, Tori was upset about the ending too. And so my mind immediately went to, oh my gosh, Linda could, uh, Linda might actually win because I think he really likes Kagakoko. I mean, she's in his <laughs> signature. So I'm like, maybe Linda wins at that end point. But no, it's like. No, I think you probably hate Ghost Bonnery. We'll find out in the. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that every time I've heard pretty much any kind of criticism of this show, it's generally revolved around Ghost Bonnery, which I like Ghost Bonnery as a tool for reflecting the 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 two sides of who Bonnery is. So in a way. Ghost Bonnery never really bothered me. It wasn't until literally that last scene that I ever had a true problem with Ghost Bonnery. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it continues to say, or it continues with my thing with uh, the reason why I like the series so much was in that split personality, and that was really a vehicle for that. I absolutely loved watching him completely break in those later segments. It was like constantly it was this element of like somebody with alzheimer's or something like that just suddenly not remembering the people that are standing in front of them that right. that blank stare he kept giving people was like it makes my stomach drop it's like i could imagine that happening to me you just talking to somebody and they just i don't i don't know who you are who are you and that's I, why that's why, why the, are you talking to me kind of thing that's why the the kagakoko crying in that one scene i mean her and that was the fear that she had was like i don't want you to suddenly forget exactly. me I mean, exactly. that's a that's a that's a scary idea of somebody that you love just suddenly not knowing who you are and your life, you're building your life together just suddenly just comes to a stop when they suddenly just walk out the door because they don't and, know. And I are. know and I know that that feeling from personal experience, knowing somebody that you had grew up with just randomly not knowing who you are. It is a it's a hurt that is just it's deep it, and it's there's no way to describe it. You can only experience it to know it. Yeah, it's a frustration and a, and a sorrow at the same time, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, on a on a sad note, I guess that's all we really have. <laughs> um, awkward love making scene again. Everybody think about the awkward love making scene again. That'll that'll make everybody <laughs> smile and we can stop, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's really all I had to cover. If you had anything else, or, no, yeah, in, unless you want to talk about the Exorcist scene a little bit more. No, that's, that's fine. We got the Exorcist scene already handled. <laughs> Exorcisto. Um, but yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed this little spoiler t- discussion about uh, Golden Time. Um, again, we appreciate you guys listening to us. We hope you guys all enjoyed. And y'all take care. Oh,